Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome to Athens Fantasy Podcast, episode 21. I'm your host, Peter, and joined as always by my good friends, Tom and Gunnar. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, very good, thank you. How you doing, Gunnar? Doing very well, thank you. Yeah, that was me plagiarising your intro there, just so you know. Yep, yep, I, right. I noticed. <laughs> right, so we'll go to the Scottish fantasy game first. Our league. So, it's obviously the Aptics long lead up. I don't think there's any change in the top three. There we go. Where are we? Here we go. Right, the top three stands as is. It's absolutely slow. Wolf Tone, Tony McLeanley first. Conquering Lions, Robbie Dempsey second. Geek Saligis third. So the top three remains the same. And our, our main man, Wolf Tone's actually cracked a thousand points. You seen that? I know. So that's it, the first milestone. And you have to go all the way down to 41st in the league for the high score this week. And it is. You like this name, Tom? I'll get to it. Come on. Real Provo's Ryan Gallagher with 72 points. <laughs> Very good. I'll just quickly talk for his team here. He took a hit, so it could have been 80 points. He had McGregor in goals, Frimpong, Tavernier captain, Golson 7, Guffrey 7, Newell 6, Illinois 6, Thoris 3, Hedges 2, and Shanklin Edward for 2 each. So that was his 76 points. So, we'll talk for our own points then. The average this week was 40 points, and we scored... Peter, 66 points, up to 46 third, Green Arrow. Tom, 64 points, up to 18th, Green Arrow. Gunnar, 65 points, up to 5th, Green Arrow. we just like to put it out, obviously, again, for the second week, the drop, get the highest, the highest score. Oh, is that right, yeah? Well done, yeah. <laughs> By a point. Well done. <laughs> but see, honestly, in this game, that's nothing, because you haven't got to catch in this game. It's just, it's, I could beat you by a point every week, and it's not going to make any difference. You need to get differentials and that now because it's just that too far going. Right, I'll talk to my points first and I'll head to you. So, internet is slow. Come on up. Stall me here. Right. Anyway, I can talk about McGregor and goals for seven points. This is absolutely, this is absolutely disgraceful. I think it's because of his new app. Uh, Barisic obviously didn't play, so I had. Sorry about that. Right, Ingles, McGregor, seven points. Hoban, no points, obviously, because he caused the penalty, I believe. Guffrey, seven. Tavernier, captain, 32 points, as always. Callahan off the bench, eight. Kilty, two. El Rousseau's flicky header, six points. Ferguson, minus two. And up front, the three blankers. 
the three Blackmen and the Horsemen, we better call them. Shanklin, Nisbet, and Cosgrove, two points each. Piss poor. Nothing on the bench, so that's the high score I could have possibly have got. Tom, talk us for your points. Yep, so I had Lewis in goals, got me two points. Captain Tav, 32. Serrano came on and got me seven points. Aya came on and only got me two. Goldson was the vice for 12 points. Ferguson, minus two because of the red. Kilty, two. Forrest, three. And up front, Kabamba, Nisbet, Cosgrove all got me two. Gunnar, your turn. Yeah, very similar as well. 65 overall, so Marciano, seven and goal. Uh, Captain Tavernier for 32. Hanlin got me seven points. Vice-captain Goldson for 12. Then zero points from Gallagher. In midfield, Hedges, Kilty uh, got me two points each. And then a minus two for Ferguson. And as well, Nisbet and Cosgrove, two points each. And Watt with one point. I take it, none of these left end on the bench. That was your best score you could have possibly got. Yeah, nothing on the bench. Right, okay. So, we'll go to the topic this week then. As Tom has suggested, it would be the 3 0 wins awarded to Hamilton and Motherwell and what it means for the game going forward. And at time of recording, St. Mern and Kilmarnock have both appealed it. You noticed that in the news today? Which I found quite strange after accepting the punishment, with no concern and then appealing after the fact. But, <laughs> What's your thoughts on it overall first? And we'll go into the call point in the game. We'll start with you, Tom. Um, so, obviously, Motherwell were awarded 3-0 win for the postponed match versus Kelly in October. And Motherwell and Hamilton were ordered, awarded 3-0 wins uh, versus St. Mirren for the postponed matches as well. So, it sees um, Motherwell handed six points overnight. And that's the, the big double game weeks that we're looking forward to right down the tubes. Um, from a SPFL point of view, just looking at how that impacts the other teams, Motherwell have really lucked out on this one, and it's by other teams not following the rules. It's um, it, it kind of impacts teams in a variety of ways. Like you'd expect, like the top two, top three, this doesn't impact them at all. Whereas teams, perhaps like Ross County, who are in a relegation battle, I mean, if they were to be relegated on a one or two point difference. Um, you could argue that St. Mirren have been looking good. We've obviously seen how they performed on the weekend. If Hamilton were to play St. Mirren, would they have got three points there? Difficult to say. So we won't really know the full impact of this in, until the end of the season. Um, but it could, get, it could get a bit controversial. The same also applies for um, teams perhaps fighting for that sort of um, European spot, uh, third and fourth, um, Motherwell, Aberdeen, Hibs. So that, that six points will go a long way for Motherwell in terms of trying to secure one of the top spots. Okay. Your thoughts, Gunnar? Well, I think that's a very good analysis there from Tom. I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, obviously I brought, well, personally, I brought two Motherwell players in a couple of weeks ago, thinking they're going to have double game weeks at some point. So that's a bit annoying because I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much longer I want Tony Watt and Declan Gallagher on my side. So uh, if they had double game weeks, that, w- that would have been nice. But but like Tom says, just uh, being handed these six points uh, could make a big difference come the end of the season. And especially for St. Mern, uh, like Tom said as well, they look good uh, at the weekend and in the cup as well against Aberdeen. And just losing out on, on those points there, uh, they can't be happy with it. Yeah. I thought you were actually going to be more devil advocate with that there. I would expect a different bit. The thing, I, I, my, my thing that I've been on it is I don't think they've got really anywhere to go like 
and complain about it. They're in a privileged position during all this lockdown and pandemic to get play football. We're given strict guidelines rules to play it with, and the stuff you hear them is guys were in cars together going to work, going to the training ground, sitting next to each other when they're told not to. Then they had a breakout, and when also do the trace and come it back, they're just going to get caught out. I, I don't see how the appeal's going to have any legs. Right. I get it if it was a small part-time club and they say, oh, this and that, but when your guys jump in the car together and going to work, they're going to training ground when they're told not to, then I think their appeal's going to get kicked out. And like you said, it may affect them into the season, but at the end of the day, that's going to be their own, their own fault for not making sure these guidelines are 100% willing to the players' heads. That's just me. Uh, Obviously, pretty annoyed. No double game week coming from a fantasy point of view. I mean, we had just kind of looking forward to that. For like uh, that would be kind of more a break from the norm and from all, all the kind of copycat teams. People would try to jump on it and maybe change the game up for a couple of weeks. But I think we just have to rely on the Celtic double game weeks now coming up <laughs> and, and picking players of the team who Celtic's, who Celtic's playing against. That's right. <laughs> right. So, do you have a start of the week, Tom? Yep, um, so a while back we obviously looked at defenders, we were talking about what defenders had most shots on target, obviously Tab was top and second was Hanlon, um, he's now been up, knocked off this, the, the spot for second and he's been overtaken by Tate at St Mirren who now has six shots on target, Hanlon's still there stuck on five so more to come in the future weeks. Okay, good. Gunnar, yourself? My start of the week is the percentage that uh, still has Eduard, like the percentage of teams in Fantasy Football Scotland still has Eduard in uh, their side. I think, I think it's around 42%. I'm, I'm trying to find it here, but yeah, it's something around the 40%. So that's, half, uh, you're right, something about that, yep. Nearly half, yeah. basically. Um, so yeah, that, that surprised me seeing that because uh, I'm sure there's a few Celtic fans maybe uh, in between there still wanting him to do well, but the most of those m- must be... Must be dead teams, so. Yeah, and what was the other stat I seen? I know it was not the Tavernier ownership. Still, he's not low. even in the top three. That That's pretty low as well. That again, that strikes me as again, either zombie teams or people just playing it casually, not want to bring him in, which I think is just a bit mental this this far the season. But once again, guys, good stats. So move on to the results. First game up is Hamilton one, Kilmarnock nil. Uh, Callaghan penalty and a clean sheet for Hamilton. We discussed this last week, also. But we did with Callaghan still on penalties, so proves he is still on penalties. My man, Callaghan. So, Tom, what do you think it be? What you found out or thought of this game? Um, for this game, I kind of thought, based on discussion last week, it was kind of battle of the budget mid, really. Callaghan versus Kilty. Um, Callaghan obviously got the, the penalty. He's now had three goals and one assist in his last five game weeks. I mean, for his price, that's pretty good. Looking at Kilty, he's had one goal in his last five game weeks. And if we look at this individual game, Kilty didn't have any shots at all, whereas Callaghan uh, had one shot on target and two blocked. So he certainly, um, he certainly kind of emerges as Hamilton's talisman, really, in absence of uh, Templeton. The, the other player that kind of stood out for me was Kabamba. He, I thought he was a bit unlucky. He had six shots, two on target, three off and one blocked. He's now only had one goal in his last six. I'm starting to consider perhaps jumping ship on him. Um, that's, that's all we've really got, really. Yeah. Self gunner. Oh, sorry. He finished. I was all. Kilmarnock went down to ten <laughs> men, obviously, quite early on. 
So that might be, have an impact on Hamilton's performance. That's that's something to take before, as well. Before I go to you, Gunnar, you noticed uh, Kamarnock's Twitter page had just done guess who's back for Dikemona, and then he's also set off within <laughs> half of the game as well. <laughs> did you see the highlights this game, Gunnar, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's nice to hear Tom say um, the Kabamba stat there with the six shots. Uh, because I have in my notes here that, that Kelly need, really needed to take their chances. So from just from watching the highlights, uh, they had a good couple of chances, but just they didn't take them. And then hearing that about Kabamba, so uh, yeah, it might be time to um, switch Kabamba to someone else in, their te- in our teams. And then obviously Burke was missing, and I think you could see that as well. So I mentioned it on, the, on our podcast as well. Usually you have a lot going down the right for Kelly, and um, yeah, whoever was playing on the right there just was... Invisible, I would say, and uh, I think I'm right in saying that's the first home win for Hamilton this season. Uh, so, well in Callahan and Co. <laughs> well, my only thing I would say that is again, I think I've said it last couple of weeks. I think Callahan again stands out like sore thumb for Hamilton. You can see he's, as Tom said, talisman attic, a talisman as a team. He's everyone kind of goes through him. So, my question to you this game is, and it's a fantasy league game, is Callahan now a must have fifth choice midfielder in a game? Oh, I don't know about must-have. Well, fifth choice um, member. I'm not seeing him start the week, but having your squad. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, I'm thinking maybe if you could take Kilty's place, you know. Um, and stat-wise, uh, but he probably could. I don't know if I if I would use a free transfer on him because we can't we can't bank our transfers, and and uh, so far I've always had something else to do. But maybe if I was on my wild card or if I needed uh, to save a bit of money somewhere, then yeah, maybe. Tom, same question to you. Nah, I'd, I'd definitely agree with that. I mean, three goals and one assist in his last five, other than perhaps Rangers midfielders, what other midfielders are performing that consistently? Not many. He's nailed on as well. He's on penalties. He's sli- I know, but if, if it was playing for any other team, he'd be on him because he plays for Hamilton. People kind of want to avoid, but I think he's a no-brainer. I think, mm. that's, I think that's the... What the big drawback? Right, next game up was Livingston to. Who are Livingston playing? I don't even wrote the team down. Dundee United. <laughs> Livingston to Dundee United. No, this is my notes all over the place. Pittman goal, Batley goal, Poplinick assist, a clean sheet. So, you go first, Gunnar. Yeah, I thought it was a great goal from Pittman. Just hammered it home. And then uh, the other thing that I have here in my notes is Bartley. I thought uh, he looked really well, not only for his goal, it's like Kung Fu goal um Livy overall they just looked like they wanted it more than United you know again uh no goals for United and uh, past couple of weeks we've been saying at least they kept clean sheets you know they have Spurla back in the side uh but clean sheets they're not even getting these anymore so if you still have Shankton I think it's time for him to to leave our teams and I wouldn't have any other United players in either I think we should have read for the last six weeks in on TV. <laughs> I know they had COVID issues, but they still feel quite a strong team. Stronger team than I thought we bring out. What's your thoughts on this game, Tom? Yeah, it was nine first-team players that were out for Dundee United, including um, Nicky Clark. Um, Mickey Mellon and the boys were also um, out for this one. Uh, Shank the Blank stayed true to form. Again, another blank. That's really Dundee United's kind of nice run of fixtures over with now, so... Those of you that are still sort of grasping on to the, the Dundee United players, I think now it's time to let go. Um, spoiler, three key passes and two shots off target. Just thought I'd drop that in for you there, Gunnar. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Another sort of highly owned player is Alan Forrest. Uh, he's also a well-owned cheap option. He had a single block shot. So again, he's another one I'm starting to sort of waver on, considering my options with him. Perhaps Callahan might come in to replace him. Uh, a rare clean sheet for Livingston at home. Um, obviously, we know last season it was a bit of a fortress, but um, this could be a new manager bounce, perhaps. So they're, they're at least try to impress uh, David Martindale, um, who I think he's still interim manager, but I think he's pretty. There's pretty short odds on him becoming the next manager. And um, one something to note though: St Johnston next for Livingston, but then the blank, and then the, they're playing Hamilton Kelly. So maybe don't load up on the Livingston players just yet, mm. just because of that upcoming blank. But the the fixtures either side look not too bad with that. Okay, brings me to my question then. I said last week, Hacky was in jail. I went and checked, he was. He was in jail for drug offences. <laughs> I believe six, six and a half years. But can ex Martin Martindale get the job for Eisen, Tom? Yeah, based on recent performances, I'd probably say yes. You know? Oh, I agree with Tom. I read an interview on the Livy website and uh, came across quite well. So why not? Everybody have a second chance, I suppose. Well, not everybody. Not if you're any doing stupid things, but he's all right. He's only selling gear. Right, third game. <laughs> Motherwell nil, Hibs three. After two final victories through the week, Motherwell finally come to a loss against Hibs. That's a wee, a wee joke at the three wins there. Boyle goal, Dodge goal, McGinn goal, clean sheet, assist by Harburg, Newell and Gilkin. So, Tom, take it away. Hibs three, Motherwell nil. Um... Looking at the highlights, the first sort of standout to me was um, Doig was benched again. Um, he was benched in favour of Dre Wright. Doig as well, not to be confused, uh, was also denied a starting position. Again, Lewis Stevenson took his place at left back. Um, Halberg also got his second league start and he actually uh, assisted the opening goal for Boyle. Um, with regards to Motherwell's lineup, we talked about Chapman in the past as maybe a cheap second option. That's maybe a bit of a concern now, considering Archer started in goal. Um, and McGinley replaced Lamy at left back as well. I think the sort of the big standout player this weekend was Boyle. Um, he had a good couple of chances um, that he didn't take. Obviously, he scored the opener. He could have really been on for a hat trick. And out of Hibbs's 12 shots, uh, Boyle was responsible for five of those. He had two on target and three blocked. Um, it was Dodge that got the second goal. Again, a concern. He's not assured of stats. Um, and Newell got the assist. He's um, he's always pretty high on the chart for, for key passes. So I really want to see sort of some more assists from him. Hibbs' next six fixtures are looking really nice as well. They've got, they've got Hamilton, Dundee United, St. Mirren. Rangers is obviously a tricky one. And then Ross County and Livy. So that's quite a nice run. Um, Hibbs also kept a clean sheet. I feel this was a little bit undeserved. Uh, obviously, there was a goal chopped off. There was a free kick. O'Hara headed it over to McGabby, who managed to get into the back of the, the, the goal. Uh, the referee blew a foul for O'Hara, and the goal was disallowed. Had, had this goal stood, it would have been the third return for O'Hara in five game weeks. So he's another midfielder that's um, starting to return. And uh, Mugabe also hit the woodwork from a corner later on in the game as well. So he's an interesting defensive option too. Um, I think Tony Watts went off the boil a little bit. So he's a concern. Um, Motherwell plays St. Mirren next. 
then it's Rangers and Aberdeen. So if you're looking at invest, uh, maybe wait until after that Aberdeen game before you consider it. Okay, you know your thoughts? Yeah, well, um, I'll probably hold my Motherwell players, you know, I still have two of them and then for the next game week and then, but like Tom said, Tony Watts, he's gone off the boil a little bit. I thought Motherwell started better uh, than Hibs in, in this game, but um, it's quality showed as well, I think, for Hibs. And like Tom said, they have a nice fixture run coming up next six or so. And um, I have the goalkeeper, a defender and, and Nisbet. So I feel suitably prepared for that run. Excellent. Hey, I'll just kind of echo your thoughts going on with the games coming up. I mean, I've got Nisbet. I don't. I have Doig, which I feel has now dropped into third choice left back for him. So I'm going to have to get him out. I think, and maybe the next couple of weeks, um, try to get a second one in. I don't know. Again, it's doing that one transfer a week. You can't really do it without taking hits. I don't know why I do that anymore, but take care of that. Next game up, Man One, Aberdeen One. I thought Aberdeen would have came out bursting after they get beaten the cup, but nope. One each. Penalty by McGrath, by St. Man. Hayes goal, Kennedy assist. Ferguson saw a red card. So, what's this one, Gunnar? Well, early yellow card for Ferguson. I thought that was that was a yellow card and he left something on his uh, man there. And fair play. But second yellow card, I thought he got elbowed by Obika. And then, you know, he was on the way down already. And then Ferguson got his second yellow for that. So, he'll be missing next weekend. Um, I don't know. I think uh, FPL Mass pointed out that... Uh, that was his fourth yellow card as well. So he's, he's just one more yellow than away from another suspension. That's how we think the rules are. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. If, if he's only missing the one game week, I'll probably just bench him or even use him as a second non-playing player uh, to get the best two then off the bench this week. But um, I thought St. Mary could have maybe uh, won, won that game late on as well. And I'm not too sure. What's going on with Aberdeen's defence or just overall uh, gameplay? We've uh, got a question on that next, but okay. All right then, Nate, Tom. What Tom. are your thoughts on the game? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd have to agree with the the sort of the Ferguson shout there. I thought he, he, he could have stayed on. Saint Mirren played against ten men for forty minutes, and it could have been a, a really different game. Um, unfortunately, Aberdeen can't appeal for this because it was two yellows. Uh, another controversial decision, I thought, was the, the penalty shot. Uh, it was a beaker that, that took a shot, from, uh, and Hoven was obviously in the way. He, the referee whistled for a handball there, but, I mean, he was, he was only about a foot away from the guy. I don't think his arm was particularly high raised. There's not really much you can do being in such close proximity. Um, but, obviously, by the letter of the law, we talked about it earlier in the season, these sort of new controversial handball rules. So I kind of felt that was a bit of a shame, and, and as a result of that, Aberdeen lost a clean sheet. Um, St. Mirren did have an opportunity to, to, to go ahead uh, in the sort of closing minutes of the game. It was Lee Irwin that took the shot, but uh, luckily enough, Constantine was uh, there to sort of clear it off the line. Uh, obviously talked about Tate in the start of the week. St. Mirren kind of were quite attacking in the game. They had 12 shots on target versus Aberdeen's two. The most sort of active players out of that was Dermis, McPherson, and McGrath. Uh, McGrath also made five key passes, and he's the man that's on penalties as well. Um, so he'd maybe want to consider going forward. Another concern, perhaps, would be Cosgrove as well. He had zero shots. He's only had one goal in his last four starts. Uh, considering he 
cost quite a bit, over seven million. Again, he's another player that I'm starting to consider his position as well. Right, brings me to the question. Has Cosgrove returned messed up Aberdeen's shape? And the reason I ask is because see before they no recognised striker. It liked, seemed like Derek McInnes had kind of stumbled along a formation where he was playing actually more attractive football, getting more technicians into the game, playing different football. And now that he's got Cosgrove back, his big battering ram, he seems to have reverted to tight. And it looks like it's having a kind of effect on the way their style of football, how they're playing. And I'll start with you, Tom. I think he probably has. I wouldn't be surprised when Ferguson comes back if, if he maybe looks at benching Cosgrove to see how, what of an impact that has on, on the returns. So, yeah, he may be, he's maybe a square peg in a round hole when it comes to Aberdeen's sort of new style of play. And I think it may have, may have had an impact. Good enough. I agree with Tom there. The only thing is now with um, Ferguson out, I would suppose that Cosgrove is on penalties. So my hope is that, that Aberdeen get a couple of penalties over the weekend. <laughs> Always with the pains. <laughs> Next up, Ross County now, Rangers 4, and James of Blue Nose Tavernier again returns a massive haul. Now let's go through this. Again, I feel like it's every week I'm reading out like a full paragraph of Rangers returns. Here we go. Roof goal, Tavernier goal, Morris OG, Defoe goal, Tavernier assist, Etten assist, and a clean sheet for Rangers. And what was a game that they may start off quite slow, but once they got going, they just steamrolled Ross County again. And I'll start with you, Gunnar. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. They absolutely steamrolled them. And, I mean, what can you say? 4-0, another clean sheet for them, and another couple of returns for Tavernier. My only concern maybe is Barisic. Um, once again, hasn't, well, he hasn't even played any minutes this weekend. So... Personally, I stuck the vice-captain on Goldson because, well, we spoke about it last week, maybe that he was uh, less likely to be rotated. Um, I don't know. Uh, I spoke to John on our podcast as well, and we were thinking maybe it's, if it's time for Barisic to, um, to be swapped for one of the Rangers attackers or maybe midfielders. Attackers, I don't know, Roof, he's 6.9 million, so you're... Although he's scoring more goals than Cosgrove, but uh, it's a similar price range there. Um, so I would probably be more interested in any of the midfielders. So maybe Aribo, Arfield, Kent, I've had him before. So that's a bit, um, I don't know, that's stressful owning Kent because he <laughs> never never returns. But for now, I think I'll stick with Barisic and um, well, hope, hope he's just fit, you know, and... Um, I still think that Bassi will probably get minutes at left back uh, from time to time, but until Barisic doesn't play for like two, three weeks in a row, I'll, I'll stick with him with the three Rangers defenders. Okay. Tom? Yeah, in terms of Barisic, I think he's had his break now, and I don't think that's something we need to kind of worry about for, for a while now. In terms of sort of subbing him out and maybe looking at someone else, the, I'm, apart from Roof, I think we're still yet to see uh, so a consistent mid or striker for Rangers, given us those returns week in, week out. Uh, Aribo, for example, he had, he had zero shots in this game, and uh, Kent had a single shot off target. So I, I think there is better options. Uh, Roof has scored a single goal in his last two game weeks, including this one, to give him six points. Um, his only big haul came against that sort of 8 0 thrashing of Hamilton, where he managed to get 13 points. But until he starts to kind of get more than a single goal a week, He's, he's not going to outscore a Rangers defender. 
because um, obviously with the, the two two appearance points and the five points, that's seven points for a defender, whereas his two appearance points and his four for a goal is, is only six. And then obviously if you're putting the vice captain on your one of your Rangers guys, uh, it's it, that becomes two. So my question to you is, is, is Tavernier the reindeer runaway player of the year candidate, Tom? Oh, easily, I Gunnar? Yeah, it has to be. Has to, there's only him. That It's probably him, first, second and third place, just him. Yeah, I don't think you can do that the rules, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Celtic 1, St. Johnson 1. A Kane goal with me assist, Elonisi goal with Christie assist. I'll start with you, Tom. Yeah, so St. Johnson have been sort of firing on all cylinders recently. Only when I've started to, to, to remove their players have they started to return. I think May's the big standout. He's had three returns in his last three. So he's a striker that's a bit more consistent than Cosgrove. He's had one goal and two assists. Um, he also had a chance earlier on in the game, but he, he assisted the, the goal for Chris Kane. In terms of Celtic, there's not really many players I would consider. Defensively, they're a bit of a shambles. Strikers aren't producing. Midfielders, you can argue, um, are overpriced for what they're returning. Perhaps Moy might be an option, though his goal on the weekend, you could argue, was pretty jamming. He wasn't even facing the goal. <laughs> Um, he kind of flicked it on. I think his intention was more to kind of flick it on towards the back post into the oh, next no, at the goal. Defi- he definitely meant it. Um, so he had he had that hat trick a wee while back, but even then, I don't know how consistent he's going to be going ahead. I mean, certainly do have a nice run of fixtures. Again, they do have a blank, so that's something to consider as well. But most of the players, considering the price, they're, they're not really worth the money. Um, however, I do quite like the like of Luca um, May going forward. Okay, that was quite well measured there, Tom. Gonna. I agree with Tom uh, about Elunusi. I, I think if, if you had Elunusi, the the right time to get out of it w- would have probably been after the ha- the hat trick. Personally, I thought he got up like super lucky this weekend. They like, flicked it on back post, you know, and like. It, he knew nothing about it. He he just well he, he got his head on it and that was it. Um and I think overall he's he's gonna be more frustrating than he's gonna return points, especially in this current Celtic side, um, with no tactics and just no desire really to win any games or to score goals. So yeah, impressed with St. Johnson. I thought Stevie May, he looked really good. Uh good ball in behind there as well for the for the goal. And I'm glad I got rid of uh, Duffy. And it's the first time now that I don't have any Celtic players in my team. Strange days indeed, Mama. So my question to you is, is why is Lennon still there, Tom? (laughs) No one else wants to take on that job now. (laughs) (laughs) He's the easy option, option, isn't he? I mean... It's a bit of a mystery to it, really. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it defies all logic, really. Yep, yep, yep. 
Gunnar, you might give us a more measured approach. Why is Lane installing jazz with Celtic? I don't know. I agree with Tom there. No one, like, it defies all, all measures of logic. But, like, I listened to a different podcast. I can't remember what it was, but they were like, so surely, surely Lennon has things, like, from his employers that, that they want done, you know? And it's not qualifying for the Champions League, so it wasn't getting out of the Europa League group. It's not being first in, in the league in December, you know? So what is it then, you know? Like, what, what's he supposed to, to achieve with the club? And I don't know. Uh, Time's running out. Old firm is coming up. The derby is coming up. So, I don't know. He'll probably stay until then. But uh, that's the league, league is going to be gone by then. It's already going, man. I've got this funny feel they're trying to get me this cup final so you can see he's got a treble, Lennon's treble, the what he's won himself. I don't know. Because if you've been sacked after the first part of the game, probably. If you've been realistic, you should be sacked after that game. He's not at a point in the first place, in my opinion, but that, that'll divide Celtic fans. But that's just... We'll move on. Right, the predictions then. So the scores, as it was, was Peter in four, Tom in seven, and Gunnar in nine. I'll read out the results after the wee sneeze. <coughs> That's not COVID, don't worry. Right. Hamilton Kilmarnock, eh, I said 2 1, so I got a point. Used both, went for Kilmarnock wins, 3 2 and 2 1, respectively, so no points for that. Lovingston Dun United, I said 3 0, so I got a one point for that. Used both went for a draw, so nothing again. And St. Martin Aberdeen, we all went for away wins. 3-1 me, 4-0 Tom, 1-0 Gunnar, so no points there. So as it stands, Peter stretches his league. League, 16 points, Peter. Tom in 7, Gunnar in 9. Disappointing. So, fixtures coming up. We've got Aberdeen, Ross County, Hamilton, Hibbs, Motherwell, St. Martin, St. Johnson, Livingston, and Dun United, Rangers, Celtic, Kilmarnock. So I'm going to ask you to predict these three games. Tom first, Motherwell and St Mirren. And I've went one each. I'm going to say 2-1 St Mirren. Gunnar? I've seen how uh, Motherwell got given the last three points out of that fixture. Um, <laughs> St Mirren are probably really up for this. But I think Motherwell will want to prove... They're, they're worth the points they got, so I'm going to say 2-1 Motherwell. Okay. Next up is St. Johnson Livingston, and I went 2-1 Livingston, and I'll start with you, Tom. I think 2-0 St. Johnston. Gunnar? 3-1 St. Johnston. Right, the next game is United Rangers, and I went 1-0 Rangers. Tom. Aye. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> I'm going to say 5 0 Rangers. 5 0? Right, okay. Gunnar? I was going to say the exact same thing. When you said 1 0, I was like, really? No, nah, that's going to be a thrashing. So 5 or 6 0, yeah. 5 0. Go on 6 0 then, because Tom <laughs> said 5 0. <laughs> Wait, you see, boys, 1 0, done 1 0 Rangers. Oh, it was, I thought you'd stop the first half. Right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> right, transfers and captain. So, start with transfers. Now, I'll go first. I've had Barisic, but I've not got Golston's. I think the obvious choice I speak with me will be going to Barisic to Golston, who's nailed on and keeping the range of defence. What about yourself, Tom? Um, I've got a fair bit of money in the bank, so I think I'm going to get rid of Kilty. He's feeling impressed just now. Hibs have a nice run. I'm going to go for Boyle. Gunnar? 
That is a nice move going for Boyle there. I hadn't considered that yet. I also have uh, 3.5 million in the bank. Uh, Burke is still flagged, is injured, so I'm going to see what happens there. I don't know. I don't know how much longer I want to keep Gallagher or Tony Watts, so maybe I need to do something there. But especially like striker, I wouldn't know who to bring in at the minute. See, I was going to go for Boyle there as well, but I already have three hips players, so I think I need to think about that a wee bit more. Yeah, not sure yet. Always keep it close to your chest. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't matter the way he's transfers, none of this. Right, so the obvious one would be captain and vice-captain. Uh, are we sticking to the normal? Yes. Oh, personally, yeah. Tavernier and Goldson for me. Tom? Yep, Tavern Goldson. And I'll be probably the time I get there with Tavier Goldston as well because I've made a transfer. Right, we'll go to questions on Twitter then before we move on to the FPL. Let me see where we're at. Right, right, right. Here we go. We've already kind of discussed this. FPL Maz, what are you doing with Ferguson? Only spending for one week. He's also one year card off on our suspension. We've kind of covered this, so I'll let you go, Gunnar. Yeah, like I said, it depends. How long he's out for now in the first place? If it's only the one week, I'll stick him on my bench. And then I hope it takes him a while to pick up that, that fifth yellow card, you know. But like you said last week, Peter, you know, he's on penalties until he's not on penalties. So you would think even with Cosgrove in the side. So, see, my, my hope is that Cosgrove gets a penalty now this weekend just to get his confidence up a little bit. And, but then when Ferguson is back, he'll, he'll be back on penalties until he misses one, you know. So, and for that reason, I think I'm going to just stick with Ferguson for now. Okay. Tom? I think you've got a hold. You, you're going to burn two transfers, taking him out, and then try to get him back in again. And you probably are going to want him to get him back in again, considering he's the, the highest scored mid in the game. Um, personally, I think I've got a strong bench, so I'm quite happy to hold on to him. Uh, if I lose a bit of value, then I'm, I'm quite confident I'll probably get that back when people then start to buy him back again. So that's, that's not a concern, really. There's, we've talked about a lack of consistent midfield options, so uh, I'll stick with him for now. Yep, I agree with both of you. And also, you'll be able to use the, the wee trick, keeping the first 11, and you'll get the best off the bench. So Hoping one of your subs plays all right as a clean sheet or something like that, you'll make, make it out this week. Right, next question up is from Kun Karam. I think that's how you say his name. Can you suggest some differentials we can buy for the next fixtures? I'm in the top 30 overall now. I want to get closer to number one. So my first thing I would say is we should be asking you, Kun, for the <laughs> differentials because you're sitting 30 overall. You should be telling us the differentials. Uh, just on what we discussed so far, I'll start. I think Tom has mentioned Hibbs is decent run, so I will be looking at people above you and seeing who they've got midfield wise. And if you can get any Hibbs players to give yourself a difference, that's it. But realistically, I'm probably saying you're doing well now. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Your thoughts, Tom? Um, well, I was looking in the new stats section on the app, and you can see the percentage owned uh, Murphy at Hibbs. He's been performing quite well recently. Uh, on the weekend, though, him and uh, Nisbet actually only managed a single block shot between them. But Murphy's only owned, owned by 0.8%. So he's a de decent differential. Uh, McGrath, we talked about, he's on penalties for St. Mirren. And he's only owned by 3.1%. Uh, 
surprisingly, only 3.1% on Sam Cosgrove, but he's probably not someone you want to jump on just now. Uh, Stevie May, 3.3%. Again, he's a striker that has been quite consistent. And if you want to go on the weekend's performance, I thought Mugabe had the chance of getting a couple of goals, which is decent for a defender. He's only owned by 1.8%. Okay. Gunnar, any of your thoughts on differentials? Yeah, I think Mugabe was someone I was considering before he got injured. Um, but that was still on the... Well, thinking that Motherwell are going to have double game weeks at the time. Uh, I'm surprised Cosgrove is only owned by 3.1% because everywhere I look on Twitter, that's got to do with Fantasy Football Scotland. Uh, everyone seems to be having uh, Cosgrove already in their team. Uh, so interesting how small the sample size that actually is. Um, personally, um, well, I'm, I'm going the double, double hips defense, basically well, well the goalkeeper, and then I have uh, Handlin as well because I like their fixtures. I just don't know if there is any, apart from Nisbet, uh, any midfielder or striker that is consistently going to return points. So, well, I'll, I'm trying to get as many clean sheets as I can for maximum points. Okay, well, that's your question. Right, us. We'll move on to the FPL part of the podcast. So, league, as it stands, again, no changes. The top three is Picnic George, Dan Arnott, sitting first. Gura, Los Pimentonores, close? Yeah, very close. <laughs> Second, <laughs> Jerry Moynihan's third. And we go down to, where am I looking at? 17th in the league for high school, the high score of the week. So if United, Nishaf Pandey. And I'm raging, by the way, because I thought I was going to be a high scorer this week to boasting, and I was two points off it. There we go. I was ready to eat it all and boast, but it was only two points away. So we'll go to our own teams. I'm sorry, average this week was 62 points. So we'll talk for our teams. I'll go first. So obviously my team was hit with uh, Aston Villakov. So I had to bench a lot of players. But it turned out pretty decent. Ryan goal for one point. Zoom at the back for eight. Masuaka one. Cancelo six. Walker Peters five. In midfield, Jota one. Captain De Bruyne 28. Son 13. Fernandez six. Kane 12 and Brewster 1. So, considering I had to kind of patch a team together, I'm quite happy with that. What are you for your team, Tom? Yep, so I had Guita in goals for three points, Robertson 6 points, Cresswell 1, and Zuma 8. In midfield, I had Fornals, who got me 2, Captain De Bruyne got me 28, Rodriguez got me 2, Fernandez got me 6, Jota only got me 1. Up front, I had Calvert Lewin 6 points, and Vardy got me 8. Right, good on your team. Yeah, 70 point, uh, 78 points overall. Uh, had zero, well, I also had, uh, at the start of the game, we had uh, three Aston Villa players, uh, and then I subbed Graylish out. I transferred them out. So I started Martinez in goal for zero. Uh, Justin, two points. Chilwell as well, two points. Robertson for six. Walker-Peters, five. Uh, Vice-Captain Fernandez six points. Son, 13 points. Uh, KDB, 28 Rodriguez got me two points, Bamford eight, and then Calvert-Lewin six points and nothing on the bench. Okay. So, decent above average scores, I suppose. Bye. Right. So, we'll go to the results then. I'll do it by daily, Tom. And you can hit us with your stats since you don't want to watch as much today these days. <laughs> Saturday, 5th of December, right. We had Burnley 1, Everton 1, Man City 2, Fulham 0, West Ham 1, Man United 3, and Chelsea 3, Leeds 1. On you go. Yeah, so the first one was uh, Burnley 1, Everton 1. Brady scored for Burnley with a Westwood assist. 
That's uh, Brady's, it's only his second start of the season and it's his first return, so I wouldn't get too excited about that. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, another goal. I'm a bit concerned because the, the, the fixture's coming up. I don't know if it's time to maybe jump ship with Calvert-Lewin. Next, they've got Chelsea, then Leicester, Arsenal. Sheffield United's not too bad, but then they've got City after that. James Rodriguez almost scored as well, but it was uh, denied by a great save from Pope. City, 2-0. KDB, goal, Sterling assist, and then they swapped over for the Sterling goal and KDB. Did I just say the same thing? No, sounds fair. <laughs> no, KDB assist. Um, I was having a look at Sterling. He's very expensive at 11.4 million. That's his, that's his first return since game week five. If you compare that to KDB in his last five, he's got one goal, five assists and four bonus points. So if you're tied between the two, then KDB seems to be the obvious choice, especially on ownership as well. Um, City have had three clean sheets in their last five. Uh, during that spell, they conceded to Spurs and Liverpool, so two strong teams to concede to. They've got a great run. Obviously, Man United's up next, but then it's West Brom, Southampton, Newcastle, Everton. Chelsea's a difficult one. Brighton. Crystal Palace, right, uh, West Brom, Sheffield United, Burnley. So the vast majority of those teams, you'd expect uh, City to steamroll them. So time to jump on City players if you've not already done so. Uh, Ruben Diaz, he's started every league game at 5.6 million. He's probably the most nailed-on City defender. He's also top in amongst the City defenders for attempts on target. He's had four... Uh, He's had five um, attempts in total. The fixture after that is West Ham 1, Man United 3. Pogba, Rashford and Greenwood all returned. Mata assist, Bruno Fernandes assist and Tellez. Bruno Fernandes only paid, played 45 minutes, yet he managed two bonus points. Magic. Reason f- love the man. <laughs> I love the man. <laughs> I think the reason for that was um, he made... Eight key passes within that 45 minutes, which is is, is a very high rate indeed. Um, for West Ham, they looked quite strong in the first half. Fornals hit the post. It was then Suchek that got the goal with a rice assist. I've jumped off Fornals. We'll probably talk about that later on. Um, but Bruno Fernandes seems to be the man at Man United. Other than that, I'm not too fussed. Rashford, I think, at 9.4 is a bit too expensive for his returns. Um, and those midfield spots are pretty precious, so not one for me. Uh, the final fixture on Saturday was Chelsea 3 and Leeds 1. Bamford managed to penetrate the Chelsea defence, uh, who's been pretty solid up until now. I quite like the look of Bamford going forward. Uh, Leeds have a really good run, particularly in the short term. West Ham United, Newcastle, Man United might be a bit trickier, Burnley, West Brom. Another player I like for Leeds is Harrison. He's a 5.4 midfielder. Amongst the Leeds midfielders, he is top for goal attempts this season for with 14, having four on target. He's also top for big chances created with four and top for chances created with three. Um, Zuma got the goal. That's four goals he's had this season. Uh, Giroud started and also scored, as did Pulisic. I thought Werner had a bit of a stinker, even though he got an assist. He, he did squander quite a few chances in the game. 
I quite like the look of Jurid going forward uh, if he's going to get consistent starts. All right, anything add to that, Gunnar? What can you add to that? That's very comprehensive. Huh? I know, it's... <laughs> just feel like you're going to be around the applause for that. Well done, <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, what did I say? I mean, Bruno, I think Bruno's just... When I saw him benched, I was having like, panic attacks. Like, oh no, but then just when he comes on and you said, just collects bonus points as well. He's just a bonus point magnet. On Sunday's games, we've got West Brom 1, Crystal Palace 5, Sheffield United 1, Leicester 2, Spurs 2, Arsenal 0, Liverpool 4, Wolves 0. And I'll just stick a Monday game here as well. Brighton 1, Southampton 2. Okay, Tom? Yep. Um, so on Sunday, West Brom 1, Palace 5. Pereira got a red card and West Brom seemed to fall apart. For the goal, Gallagher scored and Furlong got an assist, but he also managed to score an own goal later on. That's two and two for Gallagher, though I doubt many people will want to invest in a West Brom player. Uh, Benteke got two goals and Zaha got two go- goals as well. Assist came from MacArthur, Patrick Van Anholt, Zaha, Easy and Klein. Palace fixtures are now tough. They've got Spurs, West Ham, Liverpool, Villa and then Leicester so a bit of a tricky run so I maybe not jump on Zaha now Sheffield United 1 Leicester 2 McBurney first goal of the season with uh, our old mate Lord Lundstrom getting the assist uh, Vardy scored the, vin- the winner uh, Perez also scored for Leicester Albrighton and Madison got the assist Leicester's defence have been pretty poor they've been injury ravaged and to be honest with you, there's not many sort of standout players in attack. Vardy, I think a lot of players are going to sacrifice him in order to get the money to fund the, the Salah move. I know a lot of people are starting to get a bit twitchy with him starting tonight, but I don't know. I think we'll be all right. Um, Spurs 2, Arsenal 0. It was the old Kane-Son combination. Kane got the goal, Son assist, and then Son scored and... Kane got the assist for that one as well. I think Arsenal, you don't even want to consider any players pretty poor. Spurs have had five clean sheets in the last six, however. I think uh, Dyer is the most consistent defender for Spurs. He's only five million. Um, Loris, obviously, is pretty nailed on, but he's 5.5, so that 0.5 million can probably go a long way. Spurs fixture returns are really nice um, once they hit game week six. So I think a lot of people were starting to move in order to get Kane and Son back again for that nice run. Liverpool 4, Wolves 0. Again, Wolves haven't been so attractive this season with Jimenez out for the long term. I think they're even less attractive. It was Semedo that got their own goal. Wijnaldum also scored, as did Matip and Salah. Henderson got two assists, as did Manny and Salah. Jota was benched to only give us the one point. But it's nice to see Trent Alexander-Arnold back. I think he's going to help shore up the defence. As we can see, they did get the clean sheet on the weekend. Um, next up for Liverpool is Fulham. Tottenham might be a tricky fixture. But then they've got Crystal Palace, West Brom, Newcastle, Southampton and Burnley. So I think we're going to look to load up on Liverpool players for that. And if we add in the Monday night fixture of Brighton 1 and Southampton 2, Ings is back. Again, there's a lot of sort of six million strikers performance, so I don't know if people want to jump on Ings. James Ward Pro is another assist for him, and uh, 
Kyle Walker Peters, he's also quite highly owned. He got the assist as well. Oh, we know. In terms of Brighton, <laughs> Danny Welbeck, he's now had a goal and two assists in his last three games. But again, I don't know if we want to jump on that bandwagon just yet. In that go. Once again, very comprehensive. I, I would like to add that uh, Liverpool are now keeping clean sheets uh, with like a makeshift defence. It was Nico Williams still at right back for like uh, 70 minutes until Trent came on. Uh, you have Fabinho there at centre-half. So, both well for... Well, they still have players returning uh, from injury. So, personally, from a Liverpool fan standpoint, uh, things are on the up, you know. Um, and then Vardy, uh, I'm... I don't know. I got him for the one week last week, and then when I when I watched the game last week, I was already regretting it. I was like, I wanted rid of Kane maybe, but was Vardy really the right choice? And I brought in Bamford and saved a bit of money. We'll get onto our transfers in a minute, but yeah, I don't know if. Do you guys have Vardy still? No. Huh? Never had him. No. Ah, okay. I'll yeah. So I. Latin transfers. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'll be holding on to to Vardy if I still had him. Like that's that's my point. Even though he scored uh, the winner that I laid on, great celebration as well. <laughs> you for that and lost just two points. You captain as well. <laughs> right. I've got a question for for Gunnar um, okay. in relation to the Liverpool defence. If you're not willing to spend the money on Trent or Robertson, who would be the most nailed on entry point into that sort of Liverpool defence? See, I was thinking about that because. Um, for my transfer this weekend, I'm thinking of maybe getting rid of Robertson, saving a bit of money. And I think it has to be Matip then. Uh, he's, well, I would say Fabinho, but he's a midfielder in the game. So Matip for me until Gomez is back as well. But that, that seems to be a bit off, like a while off as well. So Matip. Those guys are out for a pretty long time. I think so, yeah. And well, the, the cheapest would have probably been Nico Williams, but no, Trent, Trent is back. So Matip is the, the cheapest way into the Liverpool defence, yeah. Okay. Happy with the answer, Tom? Yeah, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get sniff about Tom's going to do next. Right, predictions as it stood, it was eight, Peter, Tom, five, Gunnar, eight. And I'll read out what we had. Find it. Yeah. So Spurs, Arsenal, I said 3 0, so one point. Tom, you get right, you get 2 0. Bruno, you also said 3 0, so one point. West Ham, Man United, I said 2 1, Man United, so one point. You both went for a Desmond to each, so no points. Sheffield, United, Leicester, I went 1 0, Sheffield United, so no points. Tom went 2 0, so one point. Gunnar went 1 0, so one point as well. So as it now stands, it is Peter 10, Tom 9, Gunnar 10, so this one's pretty close. So, fixtures next week, I want you to predict is Leeds, West Ham. And I've went 2-1 leads. Tom? Um, I'm going to say 3-1 leads. Gunnar? I'm going to say 3-all. <laughs> okay, high, high score, I like it. Man United, Man, Man United, Man City. I've went 3-1 Man City. Tom? I'll say 2-1 City. Gunnar? 3-0 to City. Ooh. In the last game, Everton, Chelsea, and I went 2-0 Chelsea, Tom. Um, I think 4-0 Chelsea. Gunnar? 4-0 Chelsea, wow. Um, Pickford, come on. 
is right, yeah. <laughs> Three one to Chelsea, I'm gonna say. Okay. So that takes us to our captains and transfers. So start with transfers. I think we're all got a, a lot on our minds this week. I've once again made my transfers. I think Tom's done the same. I I, I kept Sonny Kane last week because I thought they were going to go Arsenal, and they did. And I've now moved Kane down to Bamford and Son to Salah for other post fixtures coming up. The plan will be that I think other post fixtures are pretty good for the next five or six game weeks. And Spurs are kind of iffy, even though I think Spurs can still win every game because they're playing quite well. And I will jump back to Kane and Son or one of them for the fixture against Fulham on the 30th of December. Almost I think the fixtures turn again. So that's my plan going forward. So what about you, Tom? Transfers? So as mentioned, I've already done mine. I took a minus eight on what? Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, out came Vardy and in came Wilson. Fornals went out for Harrison and James Rodriguez came out for Salah. I've currently got the captaincy on Salah as well. I don't know. I can either go very good or very wrong. So before I got you going, what was the thoughts behind the minus eight? Why did you... If I didn't do it, I was going to be priced out of the move. Plus, I want to, next week, get rid of Watkins for Bamford. So I needed 0.2 left over. And I had the exact money to do it. So finances pushed me into it. Okay. You're normally quite a calm and wait to the last minute. But there we go. Right, Gunnar, what's your transfer thoughts this week? Trying to keep keep it close to your chest this time. First, first I want to say... Uh, the Liverpool game has, against Michelin has kicked off five minutes ago and Salah has already scored. So, <laughs> oh, not bad. Uh, I need Salah in this week somehow because Liverpool are playing against Fulham and I want to captain Salah. I don't know exactly how I'm going to fit him in. So I, I need to get rid of either Son. Well, no. So I want to get rid of James Rodriguez, but then I need to downgrade someone. Well, not someone, but more specifically, it's going to be Robertson, and I have to downgrade him to someone in the 4.5, price range. So that's that's quite a downgrade, but I don't want to be going without Salah. And I don't want to transfer out De Bruyne now and then get him back next week. That was my original plan. And yeah, but I fancy City against United, you know, so I, I need to keep De Bruyne as well. I don't know. I'll probably have to do the downgrade there from, from Robertson. It's the only way to, to get Salah in. And he is the one player you, you, you need to have this week. Like, fingers crossed he doesn't get injured now in the game that he plays right now. But yeah. And I take it if you get him in, you're going to captain him as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So the best chance is he's all going to be benched on Saturday. That's what's going to happen to us, isn't it? He's going to, we're all going to get him in captain when he'll be benched. Well, I still have to bind it in for the vice captain. So that's. No, no, no. Just, I think. You've got to have Salah, and I think you've got to have Salah in long term. And as Tom said, these fixtures are coming thick and fast. Europe finishes tonight as well, doesn't it, until February now, so it'll be mm-hmm. pretty much league games. Not as much rotation, I think, with an important part of the season. And Salah just looks imperious right now. It looks brilliant, so I think it's a good move as well. So that's the captain sorted, transfer sorted. So that's us then. We are finished for the week. So, as usual, we'll outro. We can do the plug seller merch. On you go, Tom. Give us your little rundown. You should have doing a fine art. It's <laughs> never a fine art. I'm at FFS underscore Scout on Twitter. Uh, obviously, participate in the podcast. 
I blog. You don't participate. You're a member of the podcast. I'm also a fully fledged member of the podcast. Uh, a blog, which will be coming out later this evening. And uh, you can ask questions, post some snaps, hit me up. <laughs> hey, good on you. Yeah, as always, uh, I have another Fantasy Football Scotland podcast with my mate, John. And uh, we've just recorded our new episode that's already out. And uh, it's Fantasy Fitball Weekly. And you can uh, get in touch on Twitter as well. That's at Fitball Weekly Pod. Excellent. You can also find me at Fantasy Half, all the three is there. You'll see links for all our Twitter pages and Gunnar's podcast, Tom's blog, we retweet each other's stuff. If you like listening, you can leave a review on iTunes, whether you get your podcast stuff. And that's pretty much us. We will see you again next week. Right, guys. So goodbye, 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 Gunnar. Goodbye, Tom. See you later, guys. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.